Hello, high energy, high energy. Wake up, wake up, sheeple. This is a little spooky podcast about things that spook us a little bit. Things like aliens, cryptids, conspiracies. When you're really thirsty after shoveling the snow out of your driveway and sidewalks, come inside, get a glass of water. Oh, it tastes so good. Mm, yum, 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 yum. But then something hard and small knocks into your teeth. My name is Everett. And I'm calling, are you talking about ice? Sometimes people put ice in water. <laughs> um, I don't believe in ice, Colleen, because oh. I was just done shoveling that shit. I believe you asked me for a, an ice machine for your birthday. I did. <laughs> no, I was thinking if there's just a small unidentified object in your glass of water. Yeah, I hate the feeling of like, you, you, you pull a glass out of... The cupboard. You fill it with water, but you didn't look at the glass. But it turns out, like, the dishwasher left some, like, gross, okay. sandy material at the bottom, and then you swallow that. Two things. Two things. I always check my glass well, before filling up with anything because I'm afraid of doing, like, putting a weird worm in my mouth or something. Fair. Second, fair. rinse your dishes before putting them in the dishwasher. Yes, I l I've learned that now. Fucking cuckoo clock, man. I know. We have a cuckoo clock that throws <laughs> we, we me off always, every time. We always end up recording right around the top of an hour, and then that fucking cuckoo clock goes off during our intro. I know. You can't hear it, though. No, you can't hear it. But, but we can, and it ever scares me every time, and I hear it every hour, all day. That's a cuckoo clock. I know. It shouldn't <laughs> scare me now. We've had it for weeks. Ambiance for our little spooky. Yeah. Okay. What are we talking about? Well... If you've been listening to this podcast for any period of time, you know that some of my favorite stories are alien stories. Yeah. If you haven't been listening to the podcast, this is your first time. Like, hi, welcome. It's a weird spot to start. Welcome to a little spooky. <laughs> I love alien stories. I love a good alien story. But you know what? What might surprise you even more than alien stories I love government conspiracy stories. Oh, I thought you were going to say shitty rom-coms like Pride and Prejudice. Okay. Uh, no, I mean, I know. Okay. Technically, literature. I know. Yeah. Pr obviously, Pride and Prejudice but. is, is <laughs> a beautiful work of historical literature that people have studied over time and um, has been enjoyed for hundreds of years by millions of people. I sat through portions of this movie Shut or show, many? whatever mini series it was that Klein was watching. I'm just thinking to myself the whole time, where's the fucking zombies I was promised? How many dumbass <laughs> ghost hunting shows have I had to watch? And I, I want to watch Fuck Zach Baggins. <laughs> yeah, fuck that guy. Anyways, we're going back to this. Government conspiracies. <laughs> I love them. And you know what? If If a government conspiracy also has aliens in it, Hold my beer. I'm into it. Hold hold it. Wouldn't you want it? Give me more beer. <laughs> Give me the beer. Pour me a beer. Because <laughs> I'm I'm intrigued. Um, bef before we get started, what's your beer of choice? Miller Lite. I don't care what anybody says. I will. I'm. I will try your weird ass fancy beers, but Miller Lite will be what I always go for. All right. People are always, I have to always defend myself after I say that. I, I don't give a shit. We grew up in Wisconsin. Miller. Yeah, I guess I come from a family of beer snobs. And they're like, oh, my raspberry and wild rice wheat beer has finally finished brewing. Of course, my parents speak with a British accent. <laughs> yeah. um, so. 
Sorry for the weird <laughs> side side thing we did now. Um, yes, let's go. Let's okay. do it. <laughs> All right. So government conspiracies, to me, have as much intrigue as alien stories and like maybe even more so because conspiracies, it comes out into the open eventually. Whether right. whether it's now or 200 years from now, somebody knows something and it will come out. Well, and I guess the the thing that's interesting, too, is, you know, that at least there's a chance that conspiracy could be at least somewhat factual just because there have been secrets that the government has done in the past. Exactly. Like uh, we talked Project Stardust, the government wanted to, to study remote viewing. MKUltra, the government was like randomly dosing people with LSD to, to study mind control. Thomas Jefferson procreating with his slaves. Yeah. Yeah. These are all true. Yeah. You, I was talking about mind control and you were just talking about historical figure. Yeah, but they kept children. it secret. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> it's just, it really took it to a different level. <laughs> Anyways, the American government, <laughs> the American government has provably done some insane shit and also some normal shit that they've covered up. Right. <laughs> so whether it's vanilla or crazy right. Superman flavor ice cream, they've done right. it all. So like this, this one might not even shock you. So today, nothing can fucking shock. We are me. talking about Project Pegasus. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I'm in a sassy mood. I'm sorry. <laughs> Project Pegasus is a clandestine operation that used children in both physical and holographic time travel experiments. I don't know what that means. I will break it down. But this project is not like the ones we've talked about previously in other episodes like Project Stargate. Right. Yes. Or even we haven't done an episode on it, but MK Ultra. We will do an episode on MK Ultra yes, in the future. But. Definitely will. But this Project Pegasus is not like a project that has happened and classified documents have come out and proven its existence. Right. This story comes directly from a former presidential candidate who claims to have been one of the original subjects of experimentation in Project Pegasus. And not only that, but this man claims that President Barack Obama was part of this project as well in the early 80s, and he acted as part of a mission to explore Mars. What? So you ready for this? Because uh, maybe we're about to go on a wild ride. It sounds weird. Okay. So I mentioned that these claims come from a former presidential candidate. Let's just come out and say they sound insane. These claims sound insane. Yeah. Now, when I tell you about that, describe that, what do you picture of the man who is telling this story? Like, uh, what does he look like to you? Well, you said presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. And other than Al Gore, all I can think of is, God, what's his name? The guy with the boot on That's his head? That's what I'm thinking. Well, the, the rent is too damn high guy. No, no, that's not that guy, but he no, was the, also a little weird. The guy with the boot on his head and he says free pony for every American. I forget his name. Yeah, yeah. Not um, that guy, though. Wouldn't it shock you if I, if he looked like this? I'm showing Everett a picture. <laughs> Everett, please describe <laughs> what you're seeing. He looks like my uncle. <laughs> yes. He looks like any... Any white dude, any like older, older white dude. Any older white dude running for president. You would, you would look at this man and probably think that he's... Okay, so who is like this? Like an elder in your Baptist church or something. Who is this? 
This is Andrew Baziago. Oh, or that's what he looks like? Some people call him Baziago. I'm going to say Baziago <laughs> because it's like Asiago. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I was just going to call the him Asiago. Yeah. You sound like you recognize the name. I do recognize the name, but I guess I've never seen a picture of him before. But I've heard uh, of him. Because Not of this. in relation to this. No, just to, during his running. It was 2016, right? Yeah. Yeah, I well, remember hearing his name. Okay. Just, like on the radio. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to his running. Okay. Andrew Baziago. Everyone's Midwestern uncle. He claims to have been selected as a child to participate in the CIA time travel program known as Project Pegasus. He's visited both the past and future, delivered messages to past presidents, and received information from future governments. He teleported to Mars and started an American rapport with extraterrestrials. Sounds sensual. Right. A little bit. Oh, he doesn't. I could not find anything about what he actually did to establish that rapport. <laughs> um, I don't, I'm not starting rumors, though. I don't know if you'll talk about this, but I, I'm just thinking logistically, if you're sending and receiving messages from the past and from the future, if you're like getting a message from a future government, how can you like validate it's from a government and not just some asshole kid who can time travel from the future? Right. Yes. There are some plot holes. In this no, I'm story. just wondering. It's just like how how do you know? You I know? don't. I don't know. But I'll, I will go into how he got his message from the future. You'll see. So on December 19, 2015, he announced his candidacy for the 2016 presidential election. We obviously know how that turned out. He did not win. Well, I don't even remember. Was he a Republican or Democrat? He was running as an independent. Oh, okay. So. Part of his campaign was a truth campaign to talk about the CIA's classified projects and his teleportation and trips to Mars. Not only that, but during his campaign, he said he knew he was going to become president because the program had already identified him as a future president of the United States. His time just hasn't come yet. Well, he is said to become president anytime between 2016 and 2028. So there's still time. So, yeah, 2024 Asiago. Could be his time. <laughs> but here's the thing. Was the government grooming him from birth to be president? Is that a different conspiracy that we have to talk about? They choose somebody that's going to be president, and that's how they become president? Because they already knew he was going to be president from future messages? Yeah, look at Bobby Kennedy. That's how he died, right? What? He was, yeah, time travelers killed him off in a crash. Oh. Yeah, that's a famous conspiracy. I got to read more about that one. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, there's a lot of questions that pop up in my mind. Not that one. (laughs) That one was not at the top of my mind. So the claims and stories I'm about to tell you come directly from Andrew Baziago himself. Can I provide you with any proof? No. But how could you not trust a face like that? He does look like... He looks like he could be cheese. He looks like somebody who shook your hand at church. I don't trust anyone in church. He looks like somebody (laughs) who would usher you to his niece's wedding. (laughs) Okay. I thought you were going to say something weird like usher him into the back of his white windowless van. He just looks like a regular old dude. Okay. Okay. But here's his story. 
From 1962 to 1972, the CIA and DARPA, which is the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, ran a program to test teleportation and both physical and holographic time travel, meaning you can project yourself into the future and project people from the future back in time to us, but not necessarily your physical presence. So it's like a mix between email and astral projection. Yes. Yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> okay. Andrew Baziago's father at the time worked for the Ralph M. Parsons Engineering Corporation, where he actually helped develop the technology that was used in this program. So I did a little bit of digging because, I, I mean, this is all just a story from Andrew Baziago. Like, how much of it is true, like, can mm -hmm. be confirmed. So I looked into Ralph M. Parsons Engineering Corporation, and it was founded in 1944 by Ralph M. Parsons. It's an employee-owned technology and engineering firm located in Pasadena, California. This company is still operating, and it is involved in several government intelligence projects all across the world. And they claim to focus on intelligence and defense technology. I did a tiny bit of digging. I mean, I didn't spend too much time on it, but I, I tried to look into maybe what some of their current projects are. But their website did not explicitly lay any out. Probably because they're dealing with government intelligence. Right, yes. But they talk about global infrastructure and intelligence. So, I mean, I imagine high-tech classified projects. Sure. So, okay. it's not out of the ordinary that a classified government project would be associated with this Particular business. Group. Right. Sure. As part of his job, Raymond Baziago, who is Andrew Baziago's father. Mm-hmm. He was the liaison between Parsons and the U.S. government for Project Pegasus. And he was the chief technical consultant on the practice and theory of teleportation and time travel. Now. Is, is that confirmed or is this just according to Andrew? That was according to Andrew. But it was, I did read in several spots that he did work for the Ralph M. Parsons organization. Okay. Um, I, I just want to say, I, while you were saying these past couple portions of the story i went on cia.gov because they have like a freedom of information act section mm -hmm. where you can search by keyword mm -hmm. not finding anything for project pegasus right yes has not been declassified yet mm. <laughs> interesting <laughs> now according to andrew baziago as part of his position at parsons working on time travel technology richard baziago teleported a lot that was part of his job. He had to create teleportation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So in 1967, he was like, hey, Andrew, son, come with me. And Andrew became one of the first American children to teleport anywhere. Because when he was six years old, his father took him to the Curtis Wright Aeronautical Company facility in New Jersey and teleported with him from there to the Los Alamos National Laboratory in New Mexico in a matter of seconds. So there were about 200 people that went on this first jump, apparently, of adults and children. Wait, how many did you say? 200. And honestly, I cannot find more information about that because some of the articles I read said that Andrew Baziago said there were several, like, 200 people that went on this jump. Other times, the jump was described as just him and his father 
and they get into like they teleport into the building and there's like another man in there. So debatable. Andrew Paziago gives has given speeches and talks about this and I was unable to find like he was him telling the story about this portion at least. At least it's it was like a 50-50 from all of this, the articles I read. Okay. So sure. he could have it doesn't really matter though. The point is any kind of matters. It, <laughs> <laughs> to his story not really. Sure. He time traveled okay. or he he teleported from one place to another in 1967 with his pops. I'm just thinking, like, of course, this sounds very absurd, but like, I, I imagine it would be a lot more difficult to transport 200 people at once versus two or three. Now, I don't know that they would go at once. They probably all went one at a time because oh, okay. he describes the teleportation machine as two large parentheses shaped booms that were eight feet tall and 10 feet apart. So you couldn't fit 200 sure. people in between those right. two. Yeah. So we're I'm just picturing two large curved beams. Yeah, like yeah. metal bars. Standing up. They were connected to a rudimentary computer that was literally just plugged into the wall with a regular power cord. What, what year was this, you said? 67. So okay. it was so like a really large computer. Right. Right. But yeah, I guess he seemed to just be like, it's, it's weird because it's the same sort of thing you would use to power like a power drill. Like, right. but we're teleporting with it. When the portal was turned on, a tunnel made of radiant energy was formed that was able to bend space and time. So it sounds to me like a like a wormhole. Right. Apparently, yeah, I, I think to myself all the time, actually, about the possibilities of things like this. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, because I've thought about this in the past, actually, like if, if teleportation were possible, how could you do it? And I can't think of much else other than a wormhole. Well, we talked about that in our Did the World End in 2012 episode. Did we? I don't remember. And I think the fourth dimension episode as well. We talked about wormholes. Possibly. But I will also, because I did do some research into time travel in general at the end, just to see how likely this could be. Yeah. But we'll get to that. Sure. So apparently the type of energy that's used by this machine was discovered by Nikola Tesla. Mm. The government claimed to discover the schematic for this machine from his apartment in New York in 1943 after his death. That schematic was turned into this portal or what Basiago calls a plasma confinement chamber. Hmm. The traveler then jumps into this portal and is transported to a different time or place or time and place. And this was the portal that he used for all of his future jumps as well. So he's not talking about a bunch of different technologies. We're talking about one existing portal. Okay. And he describes the the jump as a tunnel being opened in time space like a soap bubble being blown by a child. And when the bubble closes on the other end, you are repositioned somewhere in time and space. Like refracted light, like refracted images kind on of. a bubble. So it's like you're on the same plane basically if you're thinking of planes as spherical but then like as soon as the bubble pops you're on the other side basically that's what the imagery i'm getting in my head and i'm picturing like two dudes in a bubble being blown through one of those little bubble wands and then as it closes on one end it opens on the other end and they're in a different time and space okay 
doesn't it, he doesn't go into detail. He he's, just says so so bubble. These, this was for his campaign, so he was trying to explain this I don't, to the the average layman. I don't know that this was for his campaign, but he had, was describing it to the average person. Sure. Okay, so I wanted to look into claims about Nikola Tesla as well because. You can't just drop name drop Nikola Tesla and be like, well, you know, of course, Nikola Tesla invented this and then not follow that up with any kind of proof. Right. Yeah. Now, Nikola Tesla, as we all know, is an intriguing character. If anyone was going to invent time travel, I feel like it would have been him or Einstein. Right. Like those are the two people you think of. I mean, if you're just thinking of average, like what people think of as smart person right. then definitely i will say einstein is in a field of study more related to time travel right but einstein didn't die that early so that's where he can't use einstein in this case true so during world war ii it was believed that tesla invented a particle beam weapon called a death ray yes when he died in 1943 the u.s government's office of alien property went into his apartment and seized all the documents they could get in there expressly for the purpose of keeping the death race schematics out of the hands of any other government, provided he had actually created a death ray. This was a rumor. Well, I mean, and not only that, but you don't want, you know, his plans for anything to get in the hands of an enemy government. Correct. Not just a fabled death ray. Right. I don't know about the veracity of any of the, the death ray stuff, but the government did go into his apartment after right. his death and basically seized all of the whatever they could find. That doesn't surprise me at all. And they've been holding on to all of those papers ever since, since 1943. In 2016, the FBI did declassify around 250 of those pages, and some more of them were declassified in 2018 under the Freedom of Information Act. But some of them are apparently still missing. How we know that, I don't know. So I wonder somebody had must have taken like a, an inventory of what was in his What would the point be of keeping so much classified from nearly 100 years ago? Like Not that sure. technology and like theory from 100 years ago almost has to be extremely updated. Right? Well, it gets weirder because and this is true. After Tesla's death, Dr. John G. Trump, Donald Trump's uncle. Oh, uncle. Yes. He was an electrical engineer at MIT, and he was asked to evaluate the papers to see if there was anything worth keeping. So he was basically, like, contracted by the government. Review this. Is there anything that might actually be usable by us for any reason? Mm -hmm. Weaponry, whatever. He effectively said... No, like, I mean, this is fascinating stuff, but everything in here is speculative. Like, it's all it's like ideas, thoughts that he just wrote down on paper. None of it is buildable or usable. And we don't even know if the death ray schematics are real. Right. So, but I mean, of course, the government would say that. Of course, the government will come out and be like, nope, our experts said that none of it was usable. So. Well, and the thing is, even if that wasn't a thing i imagine a lot of his potential schematics theories or anything he had written down could have a lot of other uses too like more right. efficient energy consumption when it comes to yeah 
anything really. And we have no idea. I did not look into what the 250 documents that were declassified no, were. Not I, worth it. I mean, I'm sure it's interesting. I just wanted to get on with this story. We do know that after they seized these documents during World War II, the U.S. government did look into particle beam weapons. Hmm. After his death, it was determined that all of Tesla's belongings, which was about 80 trunks worth of stuff. Whoa. They were to go back to Belgrade to his nephew. Like all of his belongings were meant to be sent back to Serbia to his family. Okay. Yeah. However, only 60 of them ever arrived. Nobody knows where those 20 trunks went. Somebody was like, it's possible that they just consolidated everything from the 80 trunks into 60 trunks. I don't know. But it's also possible that there are some clandestine inventions of Nikola Tesla's that are being experimented with. Mm. Kept by the government. We're talking about a conspiracy. Anything's possible. True. I will say, though, that if he had plans to a death ray, he probably didn't construct it himself. Right. No, I don't think that was the point. I think they... No, I know. I'm just saying. Right. So the thing is, Tesla invented some stuff that was like way ahead of his time. Right. Like he invented essentially all of wireless technology, which is essentially what the world runs on right now. And if Phones, we, remote controls. If we had gone with his tech and not... What's his name? His feud partner. Oh, yeah. I don't, Thomas... Yeah, Edison. Edison. Yeah, if we had gone with him, we probably would be a lot farther than we are now, honestly. Yeah. But my point being, he was a revolutionary mind. So it would not in any way surprise me if he did have multiple documents talking about the possibility of time travel or how he would go about teleportation or sure. just, yeah. you know, ramblings, writing notes down. Mm -hmm. Why not? So I think there could be some truth to that. And there's obviously truth to the fact that the government did seize a bunch of documents from him. Soon after that first teleportation, when he was six years old in 1967, his father recruited him into Project Pegasus, where he participated in experiments from 1969 to 1972. So if he was six in 67, he would have been like between eight and 11 while he was participating in this project. Okay. That seems weird. Right. Now, I could not find any information about why children were chosen to participate in this project because clearly his father was teleporting perfectly fine. So it wasn't like there was an issue with adults versus children. Well, maybe that's why they wanted to test a child. Maybe to see if. It's possible. I don't know. Could. Or maybe a child could be less noticeable walking alone in the past. You know what I mean? Like you could just mm. be like a lost child as opposed yeah. to like a strange. I don't know. That's I'm just. I was thinking more of just logistics. Like, is it possible to transport a child through time versus an adult because size, size and yeah. like mass difference? I don't know. I don't know. But I couldn't find any specific reasons. Now, according to Baziago, Project Pegasus did not start out as a time travel teleportation project. Like all CIA projects, it started just as a basic intelligence operation, and then it evolved into all this cool shit. Okay. The project eventually chose to take time travel technologies it discovered and then try to weaponize it initially to be able to send troops somewhere in an instant. 
Yeah, or the American way. Right. Gather valuable intelligence. Essentially, take something cool, turn it into a weapon. Don't think about any other practical applications. Yeah, God forbid bettering the planet. I know. It's got Project Stargate vibes again. So, Andrew Baziago, age eight, officially in this project. He began his training as a chrononaut, which is what they call time travelers, by just jumping back a few hours in time or like traveling to a nearby place just to get used to the sensation of time travel. Okay. Over time, they would send him farther and farther places, back farther back in time, and he was used in several different missions to the past. Specifically, he has been to Abe Lincoln's Gettysburg Address, Washington's tent in the Revolutionary War, and even hung out a little bit with Jesus himself. Okay. According to him, the government wanted to start out by using him to confirm things that we already know about the past. Right. So he's not gathering. Right. He's not gathering intelligence. He's essentially confirming that he is indeed traveling to the past and that what we know about the past is, in fact, accurate. And it would be a good thing to test if, like, maybe the CIA knows of certain things that definitely did happen to the, in the past that mm-hmm. aren't public knowledge. And he could right. report that. Yes, exactly. So it's basically just a good place to start to right. confirm if your experiments are actually working. Because right. the, there's so much detailed information about Abraham Lincoln. You right. could go back and confirm that. Now, eventually he was sent to the future as well. Particularly the year 2045. Approaching there fast. Yeah. Now, he was given a microfilm canister from the 2045 government full of information of every historical event that had ever occurred up until then. And then he brought it back to the early 1970s. Not compatible. Well, right, here's my thing. <laughs> Why microfilm? Yeah. And what what are people in 2045 doing with microfilm? Yeah. Have you ever seen microfilm? This is 2022. I How often seen, have you interacted with microfilm? Not since like the 90s. Right. So, I mean, I'm thinking that by 2045, there are going to be very few people who have used microfilm before or even know about it. Or in the future since they know time travel is a possibility because it's already been discovered in the past, they've adopted past technology to be compatible with the past. That's a very good point. Because if we were intelligent, which questionable right now, but you're going to send something to the past, why would you send, you know, a jump drive (laughs) to a computer? You can't can't send them an iPad full of stuff because they don't have a charger for it. (laughs) Right. Well, the only way we would know if that story is true is if the government came out and produced that actual microfilm, canister of microfilm. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess his story is provable in that way if the government ever decides to come out with that. Also, how can you fit all of that on one canister of microfilm? I have no idea. But he does offer another piece of proof that this story is real. He claims that there is a photo of him as a child, at the Gettysburg Address, he was teleported apparently just outside Gettysburg in like a bad Civil War era outfit. And he was wearing like oversized men's shoes because that's all they could find. And that photo for a long time 
was the sole surviving photograph of President Lincoln at Gettysburg. I can show you the photo, too. This I will definitely post on our social media. You'll probably recognize this picture when you see it. He is circled in red. He claims to be that boy. Hmm. I don't, to me, difficult to prove. (laughs) Yeah. It just looks like a little boy walking in front of a crowd of people. Yeah, it's it's very not, like, weird at all. And also... I mean, if he's saying the only thing to grasp onto for this picture is the oversized shoes, I imagine that's actually fairly commonplace in the past, yeah. like during this era, because, you know, especially at war, Wartime. you need to take whatever's available to you. Yeah. But if true, crazy. Big if true. <laughs> Big if true. <laughs> that is the only physical proof he's ever offered. And he's mentioned that he visited the Ford Theater the day President Lincoln was shot six times. But he was never actually there when Lincoln was shot. What's the point? I'm I'm not sure. He actually just says very little about what he was doing. Make, and like making sure everything was ready for Lincoln to get shot. Yeah, I'm not sure. But he goes on to say that there are two kinds of teleportation devices. There is the physical teleporter mm-hmm. that I described earlier. But there's also what he calls chronovision, which is like creating a window to look into a specific place or time, which is kind of how the government was using psychics during Project Stargate for, like, remote viewing. I think essentially you're just able to see into the future, but you can't interact with it. I don't know if you'll get to this, but this has been on my mind for, like, the past 20 minutes. So he goes back and forth Mm -hmm. to the past and the future. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's using this gate of sorts. Mm-hmm. How does he get back? Never addressed. <laughs> I feel like that's something pretty important. Because when, when you first described it, I'm imagining, okay, well, if, if if you need a gate to initiate this window of space and time, it either has to stay open for you to return mm-hmm. or there needs to be another gate. Yeah. Now, it is possible that he has addressed that in his speeches or whatever, and I just couldn't find the information. But... Nobody in any of the dozens of things I read ever offered any any sort of concept of what was there waiting for him. That's fine. I was just curious, like, how does it work? But yeah. Well, back to the chronovision. Nikola Tesla came up with the framework for the physical teleportation, as I described earlier. But apparently, according to Andrew... It was two Vatican musicologists who discovered chronovision and then passed it to the U.S. government. Of course, the church has to be credited with everything cool. Yes, but he's also now and I can't I can't confirm this. I don't even have this written down. But there is another man who has made similar claims about the Vatican and something called chronovision. Um, Weird. I'm going to have to do an episode on that as well. I can't provide you with any more information about it because... But it's just an unrelated man and unrelated circumstances? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So this whole thing sounds pretty sus. It does. What if I told you that President Barack Obama also participated in this, as I told you at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, he never came into play, so I was thinking He's here. Apparently... He was going by the name Barry Soetero at the time. You know what's weird? I feel like I've heard that before. You probably did. Because the White House has come out with actual statements 
saying that this never happened because this was these oh, claims really? were being made during the 2016 election. Like Barack Obama oh. was still president. Wait, during the 2016? Oh, because of mm-hmm. Asiago. Right. The cheese man. So Barry Sotero, a.k.a. Barry Obama, <laughs> was so 19 when he was first sent to Mars on his interplanetary mission to communicate with extraterrestrials. His mission was to talk to the Martians, make them acclimated to human presence, and secure a future alliance. So even at age 19, he was doing some politics, some pretty intense resume building stuff. Different kind of politics, yes. Right. Okay. In 2012, Andrew Baziago even says he has actual photographic evidence of this. He has an actual... (laughs) He has an actual photo taken of a Martian on Mars carving a rock with a handsaw, <laughs> which is a fucking weird way to carve a rock. Yeah, man. weird, weird but tool like maybe to handsaws choose. just cut different up there. <laughs> it cuts different, man. Um, yeah, show us the pictures, cheese man. I and I that is not a picture I saw. So the White House has, like I said, officially claims that Obama has never been to Mars. But who's gonna believe the government? I never do. When the White House came out with this denial statement, Andrew Baziago felt incredibly betrayed that the president of the United States would lie to deny the involvement of American children who put their lives at risk to do what the government asked of them, essentially child soldiers. Barack Obama was throwing all of these child soldiers under the bus to deny the intense interplanetary work they've done. I mean, if that's true. I do sympathize with the anger. Okay, so let's get back to Basiago's presidential run. Yeah. He never made it past the primaries. Oh. (laughs) But as I said, he knows that sometime between 2016 and 2028, he will be elected either president or vice president. Oh, that's another stipulation I don't remember being brought up before. (laughs) His associates in the CIA have confirmed this to him. And he couldn't get on the ballot everywhere because if you want to be president of the United States, and this is true, you have to buy your way in. I mean, you got to have access to millions of dollars in or, order essentially or to get your name on the ballot. Or enough you can get people to make the money for you. Right. Yes. You have to have access to a lot of cash. So he was not able to even get on all of the ballots for the primaries and therefore did not make it. Right. But he did, during his campaign, outline 100 policies that he would enact as president and honestly all of them are like today's progressive democrats like um he would not be out of character there so his first act would be to declassify all technology related to teleportation and time travel technology right he believes that everyone should have access to this technology because not only would it solve like transportational issues it would be a massive benefit to the environment. I mean, you're getting rid of but that's of that. that's messing up with the timeline. Well, no, I mean, you can use it as transportation. You don't necessarily. No, no, have but to he's saying, fi- oh, you're saying help the environment by no longer using fossil fuels in the present. Right. Yes, it would basically okay, okay. stop. You cut way back on pollution in terms okay. of. So you're not saying like inventing the electric car no. 50 years ago. No, 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 no. I, he's never spoken about, like, the effects of changing the past, so I don't know what his thoughts are on that, but 
all of his policies are like from 2016 forward. I will have to say, or I do have to say, any form of media that involves time travel, that's like the conflict involved, is you messed up the timeline. Right. You need to include that in the story, man. Well, here's the thing. I well, my, my guess is when he was on his missions, they were like, don't fuck up the timeline. Or it was meant to be. True. But the thing is, he also said that he was sent to the same places multiple times and that he saw himself in those places. Kind of like in the third Harry Potter. Right. Where like Hermione sees herself. But you can't interact because then you mess with the timeline. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you get an idea of kind of how the past works. But he, at least from what I read, again, I was unable to listen to any of his speeches. He may have gone into far more detail, and I'm not doing him any justice. Do you, do you just fall asleep because he's so fucking boring? <laughs> no, are you kidding? <laughs> Who would fall asleep during this? I'm just kidding. It's because he looks like such a normal, he average dude. totally does. He does look like somebody who would, like, start a political conversation at Thanksgiving. Because all of these claims sound like they are coming from the guy that wants a pony in every household. Kind of. Yeah. What is his name? I don't remember. But his idea is that... And he's not talking about time travel. At this point, he's talking about teleporting. Because can you imagine how that would change the world? You would, you could be somewhere in an instant with virtually no environmental impact. All of the roads and trains and boats and cars. Yeah, but it, you need a gate everywhere. Yeah, so I don't know how that would work. But one reason scientists wanted to keep this technology a secret, according to Baziago, is... The devastating effect it would have on the economy because essentially you're eliminating yeah. entire industries. Yeah, that makes sense. And you'd eliminate millions and millions of jobs. So, like, th that might be one of the reasons the government wants to keep it secret, other than like its weaponized uses. Well, and, and not only would it destroy industries, it would destroy entire economies across the world. Yes. Too. Right. So, it would have a huge impact. But Baziago's take is that this is. Both correct and incorrect. New technology would lead to more production of different technologies, new jobs, and less environmental impact. So it would it would be disruptive at first, but eventually balance out. Which I kind of, I mean, I kind of agree with. That's going to be the case for any large new technology that's... That, True. Say there was something invented that wasn't... It's, an, it, like something better than an electric car and all gas cars and electric cars are 100% taken out. That's billions of dollars no, and the, millions and millions of jobs. That's definitely very true. But I'm just thinking like you're also eliminating on top of the cars, the roads and then the oil and mm -hmm. any form of electricity uh, production. So whether it, it be yes. nuclear, you know, whatever. Essentially, like you are changing Everything. the entire world practically overnight because this technology apparently already exists. You just have to introduce it. So, yeah, there's consequences to that. There'd be a lot of peeping Toms, too. Oh, yeah. They'd have to... Well, that's another industry that would pop up. <laughs> Security. Oh, I thought you were going to say peeping Toms. Or peeping Toms. Think of how the porn <laughs> industry would boom. Anyways, that's... It's a fascinating problem. Like, do you keep things the way they are status quo because you would be overturning an entire civilization, essentially, and kind of starting from scratch? But 
potentially far better than what we have now? Or do you just like stay the same because that's what people are used to? The thought of this existing doesn't really scare me that much, but the thought of this being accessible to anyone, that scares me. Yeah. Think of how but, easy it would be again, to kill someone think of it, or like a thousand years from now, this might be the standard. And people would be like, how I mean, when you think about it in the past, there were people who thought that if trains went faster than forty miles per hour, your insides would be your outsides. That's true, but that's just a limitation on our, you know, knowledge at the time. Well, that's what I'm saying. But humans are always going to be shitty no matter what. Well, so yeah. if they're given the power to go anywhere and any time they want, they're going to kill people. Well, I mean, fine. If you want to think of everyone as an asshole. I do. <laughs> well, that's his one, his number one priority is right. declassifying this information. 95 theses, yes. Yes. The other important thing he wants to do is mandate that all former living presidents come forward and admit that they were given previous knowledge by the government that they would become president <laughs> and that they were picked specifically to become president. He says that as a child, he met with the Bushes, the Clintons, and Obama to notify them of their presidencies years in advance. That's weird. He also wants to make the American public aware of an extraterrestrial presence on Earth. And um, we discovered that there were extraterrestrials on Earth when a tear was ripped in the fabric of space-time with the atomic bomb. I can get more on board with that. For whatever stupid reason. <laughs> There's not much science behind that that he explains, but... So this all sounds... <laughs> I mean, it sounds like bullshit, dude. The whole thing. But why? Why would you come up with this whole story? I mean, he could have taken, like, a calculated risk that this might win him the presidency. He, he was running I mean, against he, Trump, so yeah, he had to, right. be, he had to like, be more outrageous. Right. But And Trump was elected. Right. So, like, he's not... I mean, it's not... A terrible idea it's a long shot so i mean like maybe he was just trying to keep up but another thing is he is writing a book so oh. i mean book sales man that actually it reminds me I, I wanted to ask you what what does he do he was a lawyer originally oh yeah as outlandish as all of this sounds and the whole fucking premise of this whole episode is outlandish the scent of potentiality is there it's got potential. Yeah. Like the government is known not to be transparent about specific technologies. They've historically hidden information about things like UFOs, which has come to light recently with all of the papers that have come out about UFOs. Mm -hmm. Technology like this would certainly overthrow essentially the U.S. as a country, uh, the economy of to oh, millions of jobs. And I'm thinking especially like the Middle East. Right. You know, why, why would you need oil if you can... Plastic. You still need plastic. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the thing is, is the world ready for a revolution of this kind? No. That's what the American government is keeping under wraps, if this was true. But even if time travel is out of the question, it would in no way surprise me that some fucking crazy technology is being hidden by the U.S. government. I guess. Now, I looked into the possibility of time travel. Because <laughs> just in this week's research. Well, this yeah, episode. I mean, you, you gotta because I want to see like this guy. He just I want to believe him. He seems so sincere. Like, and the thing is, he could be massively 
mentally disturbed. Maybe. Or he could just have like a great imagination, be lying to everyone, like an amazing con man. Or it happened. Maybe. It at least seems like he genuinely believes it happened. Unless he's a really good actor, which is another possibility. But we've talked about time travel in our episode about whether or not the world ended in 2012. And Stephen Hawking himself said, The best evidence we have that time travel is not possible and never will be is that we have not been invaded by hordes of tourists from the future. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's my thought about that. If teleportation and time travel becomes a thing, mm -hmm. it would be so heavily regulated. There is no way hordes of tourists would be just traipsing around the past. That's true, I suppose. I don't know. It just seems like. But I mean, also look at how, you know, heavily regulated other things are right. and things slip through. Yes. No, very true. But there are some things that could lead to time travel as we know it. So. We talked about wormholes. Einstein's theory of special relativity and general relativity. Special or spatial? Special relativity oh. and general relativity about how objects move in space and time. The faster an object moves relative to another object, the slower that first object experiences time. Mm -hmm. NASA has even stated that general relativity might provide scenarios that could allow travelers to go back in time. But at this point, it's basically an impossibility because of physics. Right. Human constraints. That's kind of how they explain it in Ender's Game, too. Mm -hmm. um, because, like, they're on that ship or whatever. And at the end, like, he aged much slower mm -hmm. than his old Earth friends because he was on a fucking fast ship the entire time. Yeah. And um, I was reading a lot, like, people on the International State Space Station mm -hmm. are, like, five milliseconds older than they would be on Earth due to, like, the position. I don't know. There's some sort of weird time. There is time travel. I mean, technically. It's just a much more minuscule level. We don't have the technology yes. to get even close to the speed of light. I mean, technically, we are traveling in time. We're traveling at the rate of one second per second. Right. There's just, we have not figured out how to speed it up. But. Or slow it down. There could be advancements in the study of physics that do allow us to, like, maybe figure out how to, like, keep open a wormhole. We'd have to find a wormhole first and then figure out how to keep it open. There's wormholes everywhere. Look I, at the ground. <laughs> but, uh, like I said, a lot of constraints that would have to be figured out and overcome for that to happen. In the Ask an Astrophysicist article from NASA, they referred to it as it being time travel, as an open possibility. I did read some super interesting articles about proposals for modern time machines from physicists and engineers and scientists, like mm -hmm. what would a time machine look like? And again, these all have their own problems, but theoretical physicist Amos Ori of Israel proposed a donut made out of space-time surrounded by a sphere of matter that would allow timelines to close in on themselves and people would be able to visit this time period from the future, but you wouldn't be able to go any farther back than when the machine was created. Do you know what I mean? So you can't re you can travel back, but up to a point. Right. Uh, yeah. An astronomer named Frank Tipler proposed a super dense cylinder made of matter 10 times the sun's mass and then spinning it really fast while a nearby spaceship follows a spiral around it and that would cause backwards time travel but 
you can see the physical restraints with both of these inventions. Think of the material necessary to make that. Right. <laughs> you have to like invade thousands upon millions of different solar systems just to get enough iron ore to make this thing. Right. So the idea of time travel has been thought of forever. Right. And um, scientists currently, with the knowledge that we have now, two steel beams plugged into a wall aren't really what they're picturing as a time <laughs> machine. But, you know, what, what do I know? And you know what we haven't even considered? What if all of this is true, right? He's telling the truth, but he's mistaken. And he wasn't traveling through time. He was traveling to alternate universes. Yeah. So, like, that might explain why he's not president right now. Yeah. He was told in an alternate un parallel universe that he would become president and then traveled to what he thought was the same universe, but is in fact a different one. Depending upon, when his, depending on when his book comes out, that would be a very convenient uh, right. thing to grasp onto. Anyways, that is what I could find about Andrew Baziago and Project Pegasus. I fucking love it. I, I know this kind of bounced around a lot, but again, we're talking about a government conspiracy in which Obama visited Mars to talk to Martians. So I, I think anyone that listens to this podcast has to understand that when we do an episode about a conspiracy, especially a government conspiracy, you need to understand that we are going to be bouncing around a lot because that's just the nature of it. Yes. And I, I mean, we're talking about one man's story and he's the only one who can corroborate it. And I'm getting all of this from both him articles like I'm gleaning what I can find. So it wasn't necessarily a linear story, but. But time isn't linear. Time is, time is a circle. It so really is. Anyways, that's Andrew Baziago. What did you think? Rate out, rate of from, from zero to ten. Like we ten said we were going to believable. at the very beginning of this podcast, we're going to rate every topic. No, zero ten, to ten being the most believable, zero being this is, like, I don't know why this even made it into the papers. It's so stupid. First, I'm going to say interest, zero to ten. I'd give it, like, a good nine, maybe nine and a half. Like you wouldn't this even type. go full ten on that? There's always room for improvement. Oh, my God. Um, I, This type of topic does intrigue me, and I always like, love to think about theory like this but believability hard to yeah there's aspects of it that can be not confirmed but backed up like the history of nikola tesla the hist the fact that that company exists it, and if you're going to write the story you would want to use real people and places that could be used as well, and that's how every that's how every that. at least every good conspiracy is. You right. have to have a root in fact and right. the fact that can be confirmed. Interest ten out of ten. One, th this is my kind of story. Believability, I'm gonna give it a three because I don't trust the government. I did believe this a lot at the beginning, or not believe it, but I, I accepted the possibility of it. Right up until the Martian thing, because there's no fucking way there's Martians. Right. Right. That threw me off a lot. Because, I mean, people now, the average person, if you've got money to burn, can buy a very nice telescope and basically check Mars out. Well, yeah, you and we got Mars. You can I think they live streamed the rover stuff, too, like right. on Twitter. Like you can so, see what's happening there. Yeah. I mean, of course, that's just a tiny little, you know, rover on a planet. But here's what I do believe. I believe that the CIA was working off of documents they found in Nikola Tesla's 
apartment to, sure. you know, explore the possibility of teleportation tra- time travel as a potential. And they teamed up with this engineering technology company. I think it'd be more unbelievable if they didn't try that. Right. Honestly. Now, do I think they actually built a teleporter and zapped no. from one place to another? No. But it would not surprise me if Project Pegasus was a real thing uh, started by the CIA in order to utilize these documents just to test and see could we get teleportation to be a thing and use it as a weapon. So good old Andrew didn't explain the origin of the name Pegasus. Is it just because Pegasus can travel real fast? I have, I'm not sure. I didn't. I don't know. He also, his 100 policies, mm-hmm. he calls that Project Pegasus, named after the project from the CIA. Wait, oh, his 100 goals or yeah. whatever is called Pegasus? Project Pegasus, yeah. So he stole the name of the thing that he was part of for his campaign. Look, if the government is going to deny its existence and the hard work that he put in as an 8 to 11 year old, he can at least steal the name. I don't deny that. Anyways, that's the story. Loved it. Let us know what you think. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts, but (laughs) I'm not going to bore everyone, honestly. It's just more theoretical stuff. But anyway, we have a couple stories that I wanted to go over. And I have two stories here, and they were both sent by our Dear sweet listener, Nellie, who is my twin sister. Yes. Slash Everett's sister-in-law. Yes. And she really wanted us to talk about these. So this first one is actually very related to today's topic. Time traveler makes bizarre claim, says underground alien race will be discovered in August 2022. Oh, that's coming up. Big if true. Underground. This, This is coming from the India Times. I don't know, man. What do you think? Just from the headline. I. It sounds like a spicy attention grabber. So this comes from TikTok originally, which <laughs> um, I am. <laughs> I have a lot to say about TikTok, especially after our experience with it tonight, too. Um, we had a like right before we recorded, we were just watching some TikToks together and I was making fun of Colleen's videos that she gets on her TikTok. Mm-hmm. And I said a few words that were unrelated to what I usually see on TikTok. And then for whatever reason, two minutes later, when I'm scrolling through my TikTok, these things pop up on mine based on what I said. So it's fucking listening to me. Totally listening to you. There's no way I would have gotten something Rick and Morty related or Plumbus related. But I happened to say the word Plumbus because of what Colleen was watching. Or she said it. Anyway, whatever. (laughs) Okay. Chinese government TikTok is listening in on us. So basically this story says uh, there was a clip and there was a quote. I have been thought of as a fake time traveler, but I can prove that I'm not. Remember these three dates and I can prove that I'm real. March 15th, 2022, which is only like two months away, almost exactly. A volcano erupts and creates an ash cloud around half the world. A volcano did just erupt like Two or three days ago. You hear about that? Yes, but he's talking about one specifically on March 15th. You can't just... That's an arbitrary volcano eruption that happened in January. Yeah, but that doesn't happen every day. Maybe you got the dates wrong. Yeah, but I, as far as I know, half the world is not covered in a cloud of ash. June 28th, 2022. A plane goes missing for a month and returns, but everyone on the plane says it was only three hours. 
Hmm. Missing time. That's suspicious. August 2nd, 2022, we make contact with an underground civilization. I guess we'll see at March. Like, So where is this guy coming from? He he just he was on a TikTok. He says I these this is going to happen. And then that became news. I guess. Yeah, I don't think this article even said his name. Um, <laughs> it was it just links his uh, TikTok handle, his uh, TikTok handle. If anyone wants to go look at it is at Pastime Traveler. OK, I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess we'll find out on March 15th when half of us are. Enveloped by a cloud of ash. That, if there was an underground alien civilization on Earth, do you think they would be mole people? When you say mole people, do you just mean like people without eyes that are like super pale? I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe it's like. Or they're from just so- giant moles. Maybe. <laughs> or maybe it's like South Park and there's crab people. And they have a whole civilization with like a king crab. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Or reptilians. You'll have to ask this guy. Or reptilians. We don't know. Um, the article, the other article that Nelly sent us is uh, an older one. And I do remember seeing this about a year ago. And I'm glad Nelly did send it to us because I forgot about it. Name of the article from uh, KSAT.com, which is a local, uh, I believe, Fox News affiliate from somewhere but the article is oops texas dps issued amber alert for cursed chucky doll by mistake (laughs) whoops um (laughs) so this alert came out in i think it was in either january or february of 2021 so this is about a year ago now the alert said that there was a child missing wearing blue denim overalls with multicolored striped long sleeve shirt wielding a huge kitchen Um, so obviously this was like a test thing that somehow got released to the public because like, I assume for their test, they have to include some form of text so they can like see yes. what, how it would show up when right. it's displayed to people. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much it. But imagine like getting that. Wasn't there something similar that came out where there was the like Hawaii the thing? Hawaii thing? Like mm-hmm. there will be a was it a. Uh, I think it was uh, airstrike or something. Yeah, like a nuclear attack of some kind. Yeah. And it basically said, like, you know, death is imminent. Like, yeah, it's just, it's crazy that these official things can get out because obviously people are going to believe them when they come out. I mean, I'm not going to believe that there's a kid running around with a kid. Actually, you know what? These days, kids could totally run around with kitchen well, knives. Well, what here, do I here's know? Here's the thing, though. Like, and the article does go on a little bit about it. Um, but it was confirmed to be like, it, it was right, referring yeah. to Chucky. <laughs> it was their test right. line that they would obviously change in a situation of a real Amber Alert. But imagine if, like, you're the guy, like the techie, that has to, like, kind of quick put information in as soon as you get it after the Amber Alert. Uh, is given to you, you mm-hmm. have to send it out to everyone, but you accidentally forget to like take out the part about the knife. So it's like, oh, a child abducted by stepfather and white minivan, um, also carrying a large kitchen and knife. Wearing rainbow shirt and blue overalls, yeah. carrying large knife, face covered in scars. Yeah. Uh, has a weird man accent. Like, <laughs> I don't remember could, much. I don't remember much from the, the Chucky killer. movies. Yeah. Um, that's all we had. If you did want to send us any stories you come across, or if you have your own personal story that you would like us to read on the podcast, uh, you can send it our way. And definitely feel free to remain anonymous if you prefer. You can always do that. Uh, you can contact us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. All are at NerdslothHQ. Or you can email us at podcasts. Plural. At NerdSloth.com. And this will be the last time I plug it, um, but we did recently 
release our new podcast that me and Colleen host, the Norse Woods Podcast. If you have any interest in Norse mythology or Norse paganism and you want to learn more about it, definitely come on over. It's not going to be a weekly release like A Little Spooky is, but we're going to try and get some new episodes out soon. Yeah. Check her out. Yeah. Thanks to uh, Joseph as well from Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom for doing the artwork. Yeah, the art's badass. uh, I want a shirt with that art on it. So that's all we got. We'll see you next week. Yeah. See you next week. We love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com.